Uh, I'm going to throw myself into the deep end now um, because I actually thought we were going to do testimonies, but yeah, just through confirmation of what the Lord laid on my heart, um, I had literally just one paragraph that I wanted to share in amongst the testimonies. Um, and just through the prophetic words, the two words that came through now, um, I really feel that the Lord actually wants to come and do some other stuff this morning, perhaps. Uh, especially with the communion table that's, that's here as well this morning. Um, it's a strange thing. Sometimes we get caught up in excitement. Uh, we get caught up in celebration. And God's heart and Jesus' heart is to take everybody with us. He says in, in the scripture that if the 99 sheep are already at the celebration and they are having a New Year's celebration party, but there's one sheep that's not there, then Jesus goes back for that one sheep. And so this morning, just through the prophetic words and through some of the things that I'm feeling, I, I do feel maybe there's one sheep or two sheepies that maybe is not in celebratory mood <laughs> as yet. And, uh, and yeah, so let's trust the Lord for what He wants to do this morning and let's be open to if He's speaking to you this morning, if there's something in your own heart that maybe He wants to come and restore. It was so interesting. At the end of last year, we finished off the year with a service where we said we're going to choose Jesus. We're going to choose Jesus. And that's a very frightening thing if you really understand what you're saying. It could be a very frightening thing. Because when you choose Jesus, you choose firstly a very unfamiliar road. Because He never gives you the road ahead of the time. Otherwise you will not have to follow Him. Then you can follow His instructions or follow wherever He wants you to go. But He says, follow me. So most of the time, we don't know where we're going in this year. And it's easy to say, well, it's one way to say that, that we don't know where we're going in terms of, uh, you know, practical things, work and family and decisions that you have to make. That sometimes, you can cope with that. The thing that hits me most is sometimes where the Lord takes us emotionally. Is sometimes where the Lord wants to take us in our character because He wants to change something in me. He wants to work some flesh out of me. And then He has to take me through some emotional stuff and things that needs to happen. And often He uses one another. So now He places us in a place like this. And the first scripture that I actually had for this morning was 1 Peter 2 verse 4 to 5. As, it, as you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to Him, you also, and it's important for us that we listen to, or just look at that first one, He says, you have been chosen by God and precious to God. And then the very next sentence is, it's you also. So what He implies there is that as Jesus, the living stone, rejected by men, was precious and chosen by God to fulfill a specific purpose. So you and I are also precious to God and we are also chosen. And that's something that's very important to, to understand is the fact that you are sitting here is not your own doing. It's not that I am the one that saved myself or I am the one that made this decision for God at some time. He chose you. 
He predestined you to choose Him. And He worked in your life to bring you to a place of conviction, to bring you to a place of repentance. That's not your own working. It was not your own work that you have a place to believe that I God is working in my life. That believe that He is in your heart. And it's important for us to understand that. But what is also amazing is that second part, and we're going to look at both aspects this morning. And I do believe that maybe some of us are stuck in the one, and that there's something that the Lord wants to bring to us this morning, and in some way or form, I'm hoping that we'll restore something. Because a lot of us get stuck in, we are chosen by God for purposes. And then that second part, and precious to Him. We forget that. We forget that second part, and precious to Him. And then we go on in verse 5, it says, You are like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So what happens is, is God chose me to be Olympia in your lives. And He brought conviction and repentance in my life and knowing that I need God in my life. And that brought me to my knees, brought me to a place where I surrendered and submitted my life to the Lord. It's His work of salvation, not my working. And through that, I come to a place where I am, I am open to what the Lord wants to do through my life. And through the years, He has placed me and He has equipped me and He has trained me and He has put anointing. And now today, I'm in a place where I am purposeful to Him. Like all of us, each one of us in your own way. And in your own way, you are a living stone. And God has placed you here. It's not just, there's a specific reason why God chose to place you here, in this household. And God has not just placed you here. You see that clip with Bob and Papas, and I don't know what I'm saying, I'm going to go, look, it's not a better clip. He says He builds you into that living wall. He builds you into this house. And that's a, that to me, in my heart, is a permanent thing. It's something that's lasting. It's something that's supposed to. You know, Mr. C. in England, there's this, there's this uh, stone. Stone angel. Stone angel. Well, it's not near the city of 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 cities of rock. And it's amazing to see that after centuries, apparently, uh, I don't know how long it was because we only we, we believe differently. I don't want to go into evolution here, but but over many years that rocks are still standing, that walls that was built is still standing, and that's that's God's heart for this. That's God's heart for for this priesthood of believers that He's building here. That it's not just a temporary thing, but it is something that is to last. Kids can stay. Oh, you rejected. <laughs> oh, half of my church is not gone. So we're living in silence. So that's important. But now, what happens is, and I'm going to read some scriptures now, and that is something that happens specifically in 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 Joshua, in this family. We will speak a lot about your purpose. We will speak a lot about training and equipping you for what God has prepared for you to do. 
Because there's certain things that God has prepared for each one of us to do within His kingdom and within this body. And our hope and role and, and prayer is that you will walk in that. And so what happens is, and I'm going to read some scriptures with you guys. Ephesians 2 verse 10. And these will be very familiar scriptures because we did a lot of these scriptures last year. We looked a lot at this because we were looking at character last year. Remember, God said He's going to work our character. So He was working in us. And so we used a lot of these scriptures to say, listen, open yourself up to God's working in you because there's a purpose and there's a plan for your life. And if God isn't able to do that work in you, you will be enabled or have to, to, to be a useful tool in His hand, in His kingdom. And so Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ, to do good works for what God has prepared in advance for us to do. John 15 verse 16 You did not choose me but I chose you Again that choosing eh? It's again the same, the same language The same thing that God is saying Appointed you to go and bear fruit Fruit that will last Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name Last scripture Ephesians 4 verse 4 uh, verse 11 to 12. It was he who gave some to be apostles, to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ might be built up. So, those are not new scriptures to you. Nee, jy het allemaal al gehoor. Ons het laas jaar ons een hele paar keer oor die scriptures gegaan. In teendeel, die uh, Ephesians 4 verse 12 is die slogan, is die, is die basis van, van uh, hope, 4-12 slogan, is F12, 4-12, it's based on that. That we have apostles and teachers and evangelists and all of these giftings around us to train and equip us so that we can do whatever God has made uh, out for us to do in advance. And that's good. And that's true. But sometimes there's a big emphasis on this, specifically around us, because we are an evangelistic church. We are not looking at just doing, you know, fellowshipping and building family amongst us. We will always be looking outside of ourselves. We will always be looking for the sheep that are lost, for the lost sons and daughters. We will always be looking to say, Lord, we need to go and reach the lost. Because that's what Jesus left us. When He left the earth, He said, go and make disciples of all the nations. And so we will never be happy and content by doing Sunday church. Sunday after Sunday. We will never be content with that. We will never be content that we become like bodybuilders. We walk around like fat cats. Oh man, it was a wonderful word. And we walk and, and we become spiritually obese to some man, to some point. Where we have these amazing preachers and we have these uh, encouraging words and prophetic words that build each other up. Because the Bible says it is so that we be built up. But why do we get built up? Why do we get built up? So that we are trained and equipped to go outside of these four walls and reach the lost. That's why we're being built up. 
So the, 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 the idea is, the picture is that as we get built up, we give of ourselves to the world around us and we give them the Jesus that we find here. And we pour ourselves out in our neighborhoods and where God sends us into and at our workplace so that every person that does not know Jesus will get to know Jesus through my life. We get that. Okay. So that's where we mostly end off the service on a Sunday morning last year. And I think a lot of our emphasis last year was very much on that. And it's good. It has to be like that. But I felt this morning or during the course of this week, God asked me this. I ask the question so often as an elder in the church, when I work with people, what's your purpose? Why has God sent Anetia? What is God's heart and plans for, for Caroline? How should I equip her? How should I train her? Often my question is, what were you chosen for? And this morning, I feel that God wants to just shift it a little bit. And I feel for many of us, there's maybe a bit of a restoration that needs to happen this morning. Or just a reminder, it doesn't have to be something very deep. But I felt the voice of the Lord asking me this week, Who were you chosen for? Who were you chosen for? Because it's very good that we're looking for what we were chosen for, these plans and purposes. The one of the words that came through, my mom said, she feels that the Lord is just laying the word wholeheartedly. With everything that is within you. The problem is, if we only get stuck on what we were chosen for, then sometimes elements can come in. You know, influences can come in. Discouragement at times, because I've given my all. I've labored for the Lord and nobody got saved in that week. And then I get in here and I thought, I've got nothing to show for all of my labor. Sometimes when I, I, I put my neck out there and I labor for the Lord and I, I engage with, with people, you know, sometimes that turns out badly. Even good intention sometimes turns out badly. And me and Renir get into a big old fight. And I just move with my My identity lies in what I do for God, what I have been chosen for. I lose my faith and I lose my courage and I, lose, and I feel this courage when I'm standing here. And I'm struggling to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Because there's a part of me that is stuck in what I have been chosen for. And I feel the key this morning in serving the Lord this season and in this year wholeheartedly with everything that is within me. All of my heart, all of my heart, and all of my mind lies in who has I, have I been chosen for. So I want to read some scriptures in this. Ephesians 5, verse 25 and 27. Listen to this. This is the first one. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word. And listen to this. And what, who, who have we been chosen for? And to present her, this is us, when he says her, he talks about you and me. 
to present you and me to Himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle, without blemish, holy and blameless. Who has we been chosen for? We've been chosen as the bride of Jesus. And it's so often and so easy that we lose sight of that. I was in the privileged position yesterday to uh, do the um, ceremony of Gharmari and Ivan. They got married yesterday for those of you that, that remember old Gharmari. And as I was standing there, oh man, I was, I, was, I was marrying the two of them and man, they were looking into each other's eyes and they did, a, they did it a, a very, I don't want to say old school, but I could do my father and say that couldn't have but they did not touch each other. Harry and Ivan did not touch each other before they got married. Not a kiss, nothing. They didn't hold hands, nothing. Before they got married. So yesterday was the first kiss. It was the most beautiful picture. As I saw Ivan looking at Harry this whole time, there was Jenny and there was this something in him that was so longing. To touch her for the first time, to really feel that connection of this person that he's loved and that he's fallen in love with. And there was the sense of him that, that was looking forward to that above everything else, above the, what they're going to do together, above the fact that they might share some kind of a ministry. Everything in that moment was about that first kiss. You could see it in his eyes, and you could have seen it. Carla was there as well, and it was a long soon because he was dying. Really, at some point, I was starting to feel awkward, and I thought maybe I should get the bean. Do you know that before you were chosen to do a purpose and a work within this body, before there is something for you to do in this church, you were chosen to be a beautiful bride, to fall in love with Jesus. And you know what? I would hate that we would get to heaven one day and we would all stand in front of Jesus. And the first moment when we stand and we would ask Jesus, Jesus, what can we do for you? What's the first job you're going to give me in heaven? I want all of us to stand in front of Jesus and say, I can't wait to kiss him. I can't wait to touch you. I can't wait. That should be our first calling, our first chosen, that we are chosen to go and stand in front of Him as His bride. And as we kick off this year, I want us to come and stand in front of Him and know that we are His bride. And know what happens is, because we're looking at what we've been chosen for, we almost sometimes feel that this is school, this is university, we get trained. Because I'm reporting for duty, Lord. Train me, Lord. And sometimes when we fail a test, and I failed tests last year, man, I failed many tests last year. And when we fail a test, I feel this courage and I feel, oh, I can't, I can't. You know you were chosen before He chose you to come and fulfill a task. Your first task is to fall in love with Him. Is to seek the person of Jesus. And that's why I wore my little t-shirt this morning. Seek first the kingdom. You know who the kingdom is. 
Sometimes we read this and we say, Yes, the Koninkrijk van Soeken. Like the Koninkrijk is something out there. Or the Koninkrijk is Jesus. It's like the swim for Jesus. And before we're going to do anything this year, I want us to seek the person of Jesus. And I want us to fall in love with Him. And that's why I know that even when we do the marriage seminar, I know that something of that will impart something on all of us that's going to attend. Because that's, that's something that's ahead of all of us. Single people, men, women, yes, guys, we are called the bride. Don't feel weird about that. All of us are standing in front of Jesus and we're going to be married to Him. So if there's something in your heart, and you're feeling here this morning, oh, I feel as if I can't serve the Lord wholeheartedly. Something in me is holding back. I want to say to you, let's look at the person of Jesus. Not what, what we want you to do. Before we start serving, before we look at all of these things. Now I've got other scriptures here that I don't know where they're going, but let's read them. Revelations 19. Skip your song, I think that's also. Yeah. Let us rejoice. This is the end of the world. This is when all of this is finished. All of that is past us. There's nothing to serve anymore. There's nothing to do anymore. The works, times of works are finished. The only thing that's ahead of us is this. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. Listen to this. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Do you drag yourself on? It was given to her to wear. This year, as we kick this year off, I want to come during our times of worship. I want to come during our time of, of community on a Wednesday evening. And I want to say, Lord Jesus, dress me. Don't teach us, teach me this year. Dress me this year with fine linen. Wash me. Prepare me. Make me fall in love with Him all over again. And it's a work that He does. It's His work. Then the angel said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. There's a wedding. And we are the bride of Christ. And there's going to be no serving at that point. There's going to be nothing. Mark, you will not be asked to come and do sound, bro. You can't, you can't hide behind an AV, Carla. There's no way. The only thing is we're going to stand in front of him. And then Jesus wants to look us in the eye and he's saying, Oh, we spent some precious times together. I love how you looked into my eyes when you're still on earth. And when the challenges came, you, you grasped at me and said, Lord, I'm holding on to your hand. Take me through this. 2 Corinthians. Uh, 11 verse 2 
I've got two scriptures left and then we finish. Yeah. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised to you one husband to Christ so that I might present you a pure virgin to him. Now that goes deep and that's a preach on its own. Because the fact of the matter is, because we've, we're human, because we've got sin in our lives and we were born into sin and we've got weakness, I am no longer a virgin. I slept around spiritually with sin. I did certain things in my life and the fact of the matter is I'm still doing things. But you know what? That's where, we, where our bridegroom comes in. He washes us. He clothes us. Even in our sin. In our sinful state. In our, like that. In our sinful state. And that's where the second word comes in this morning. You know that God has put his trust in Jesus to come and wash us in, in that. And so when you come here this morning, and maybe you had a bit of a different December, maybe there's something in your heart that is not wholeheartedly, because maybe there was an area where you sinned in during December, where you stumbled, or you, or you fell, or you feel, oh, I just couldn't. And the amazing thing is, is that Jesus comes, and he wipes away everything if we come to him and repent. And if we come to him and say, Jesus, I am so sorry for what I have done. I'm so sorry for this. I'm so sorry for that. And we come and repent. And then he washes us. And that's his righteousness that he brings to us because he paid the price. And that's absolutely amazing as well. So there's going to be two. I just want to see this last scripture of Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 6. Sorry, I didn't make proper notes this morning. Yeah. Again, same language. Same language. And I'm speaking identity this morning. I'm not talking about the things that we, this is not a planning meeting. This is not a, a meeting where we say, we're going to take this year. We are saying to you, this is what God, how God sees us. When He looks at us foremost, first and foremost, servants, Jesus says, you're no longer just servants. You're my brothers and you're my sisters. So before we servants, we're his bride and we're his children. It says Ephesians 1. For he chose in him before the creation of the world. He chose us in him. Sorry. He chose us in him. Again. I love that fact that I'm chosen. It's supposed to make you feel special, doesn't it? It's supposed to make you feel special. And it's supposed to kind of take the onus a little bit away of yourself as well. This new good that's going to determine. It's God's work of journey with you. He's the one initiated it, and He's the one that's journeying it up with you. We need to surrender. We need to submit. You can't resist the work of the Lord, but it's His initiative. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Who feels holy this morning? Be honest. Who feels holy this morning? I don't feel very holy. There were certain things in December that I struggled with. I don't feel holy. I don't feel blameless. I don't want to blame. But you know what? Because of Jesus, I can come to this table this morning. And I can meet His Son here. And I can see Jesus because you spilled your blood. Because you, your flesh was torn. I can come this morning and I can say, Lord, I repent. 
I want to put aside all of the things of the past, my guilt and the things that, that's holding me back. I want to put it to the side as I lay at your feet. And in that way, this morning, all of us can be holy and blameless in front of the Lord this morning. Only through Jesus. Only through Jesus. There's no other way. Doesn't matter how many times you report for duty. Doesn't matter how many times you serve as a deacon or serve as a leader. It doesn't matter how many times you put out the chair. It's only through Jesus that you can be holy and blameless today and one day when you stand in front of Him and you can be married to Him. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will, to the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given to us. To the one he loves. We're going to have an opportunity now to come and meet Jesus at his table. He says in the Bible, he says, do it as often as you can. You know why he does that? Because he knows us. He knows our fallibility. He knows our weaknesses. And he knows how good and healthy it is for us to meet Jesus at his table. To look at the, at the truth, not what the enemy wants to tell you this morning. Because the enemy wants to shatter you with guilt and he wants to just show you all of the bad things. And Jesus wants to come to you this morning and say, if you come and repent, if you come and find me here this morning, I will make you holy and I will make you blameless through me. So I want us to come and meet him. I want to, uh, we're going to put on a song. Uh, that Leonie uh, shared with me during December. Um, and it's a song that, that talks about breakthrough. And the breakthrough that I'm envisioning, I, I know it talks about healing, and it talks about sometimes the practical breakthrough. Lord, I need a job. Oh, thank you, Lord, you provided a job. Lord, I need this. Oh, thank you, Lord, you provided in this area. But this morning I'm feeling that the Lord wants to wake a, work a different breakthrough in our hearts. A breakthrough in our hearts to know who we are. A breakthrough of identity. A breakthrough of knowing who am I and who He is. A breakthrough of not what I have been chosen for, but for whom have I been chosen for. So when we, when I'm going to put up the words, as we use communion, I want you to spend the time, it's going to be a personal time uh, of, of communion. And in this specific case, I don't want the kids that are too young to understand, if you haven't explained communion to your kids yet, I don't want the kids to use the communion this morning. Alright. So, because it's a, it's a very specific time. So if you have not explained to your kids, please don't uh, allow them to use it this morning. But those that know what it's about and that, they are free to, 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 to use it. And then for all the adults and the guys that know, this is a very personal thing this morning. It's between you and God this morning. And I believe God wants to come and restore some things. And as the music is playing and as the song is playing, if something is talking to you this morning, so often, I know it sounds so cliche, I want you to come out. I know we all do this in church there's something that happens on the inside when we venture out and we make a step closer towards the Lord. 
something breaks through already just in the fact that I'm taking a step towards the Lord. So if there is something, if you want to feel you want to repent with someone, if there's something that you feel, oh, I haven't given myself wholeheartedly to the Lord, maybe there's one of us that maybe wants to recommit to the Lord this morning. I want you to bring your little glass and your cookie and just come to the front and I would just love to pray with you this morning. Is that good? And for all of the rest, if you feel that you can talk to the Lord about this, it's between you and the Lord. And as the song is playing, I want you to come to the Lord and say, Lord, restore my identity this morning. Help me to see who I am through your eyes, that I'm a bride before I'm served in your kingdom. Is that good? Do we understand? Is there any of your kids that you want to bring back from outside that you want to participate? Do it now. You are free to come and do that now. And for the rest of us, we can come and just fetch ourselves. Just put it on the sleeve. Come on, Paul. Here's Fasa Rudan. Can I feel a brain?